Next on Inside the SCCA Super Tour Broadcast News. On this episode of Inside the SCCA, an exciting time for the club with the expansion of the broadcast for this year's Hoosier Super Tour to include video. Tonight we'll catch up with the guy who is going to make it all happen, owner of Driver's Eye Live, Brendan Kazmarek. We're also going to reveal who this year's Super Tour announced team is going to be. Oh, and Greg's here too, I guess. We should mention... Doesn't that kind of give things away? No. Well, now it does. Oh. Sorry. Greg's always like, spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Brendan, how are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Did I pronounce the last name right? You nailed it. First try. Well, I'm 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 a Bolanski, so if I can't say Kazmarek properly, I I lose my Polish card. No, that's fair. I have to give back the kielbasa and the pierogies that I had for, you know, for Christmas. So Yeah. Yeah, no, we'll uh, I'll send you some if uh, if you end up having to take him back. I got you covered. Don't okay, worry about it. good, 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 yeah. good. Welcome to the show for the first time. I suspect this will not be your last time on the show. I doubt it. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, Excited uh, to be here. Cool, cool, cool. So we start every show. We, we've already told the world who you are and why you're here. But before that, um, we start every show with uh, kind of a the the question I like to ask is so how did you get mixed up with this crazy car thing that we all love to do? <laughs> yeah, so my uh, my story is, I guess not a, a super typical one. Um, I've been an SCCA club member since uh, two thousand nine. Oh, I was a college a wee yeah. babe. Well, I know I was a college <laughs> student at Embry Riddle down in Daytona Beach oh, at cool. the time, and uh, I I started just because I saw it on TV, you know, I, I was a kid. Um, I learned how to read the newspaper and saw a formula one listed there. And I was like, Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Let's, let's give it a shot. So I watched the, the 1997 Belgian grand prix with Michael Schumacher in the rain and, nice. uh, instantaneously hooked. It was just the coolest thing, um, as you know, a, a seven year old. And, uh, so I, I got hooked by myself. You know, I yep. didn't have any parents that were involved in motorsports or anything like that. And how many friends that were involved just picked it up on my own. And, and I was instantly hooked. Um, eventually kind of honed in on, on endurance and sports car racing as a kid, um, and, uh, moved, you know, down to Daytona beach for, for college and the opportunity presented itself, you know, a mile away. Sure. Uh, School's a mile away from the speedway. You hear the cars going around all the time. I'd been to a bunch of races um, as a, as a kid, you know, my, my parents kind of indulged me in the, in the hobby. Well, that that was what I was going to ask. You know, I I, I came up through a racing family, so I I didn't have a choice, but that was okay because I loved it. (laughs) Um, and but I was curious as to what was what was the the parental units thought process when you decided that racing was something you were interested in? Oh, no question. You know, find a way to support it. My cool. parents are they they were the best in that regard. You know, there were there were never any questions asked. It was, hey, this is something you know our our son is interested in. Let's find a way to support it. So nice. we went to kart races at at Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was growing up, we went to the U S grand Prix at Indy in 2000, um, when it first came back to the U S. Um, and I, I don't know that there's a better way to get people hooked on something than to expose them to it firsthand. Right. right. I mean, you can talk about it, you can watch it on TV. And I certainly did plenty of that. Um, I, I still have, you know, old race recordings on VHS tapes sitting in my attic and, uh, that was a, a great first step, but it takes, I think that in person, um, exposure and and all of these sensory inputs that motorsports as a very unique sport bring. Right. You know, one of my very first memories at a racetrack is climbing the the very few steps to the bottom of the stands at Nazareth Speedway and having, you know, somebody's cart turbocharged race car come by me at, you know, probably 100, 170, 180 miles an hour, full throttle going into turn one. Yeah. And not just the sound, but the the pull of the wind mm-hmm. as it went past, right? That's not something you forget at any age, right? Especially when you're, you know, seven or eight years old. Sure. And, and those kind of things stick with you. You know, going to Indy in 2000, 
and climb the grandstands for the first time. It's dawn, the, the grass is wet with dew, and it, sun's just come up, you know, it's 8 o'clock in the morning, right. and you see the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the first time. There's no cars on it, there's no noise, but the the enormity of it all, the reverence of it all, even at that hour, is unma- literally unmatched anywhere in sport. There's no arena right. that size that can impress somebody like that. Right. And so those types of experiences when I was young just – that was it. There was no question that, you know, I was, I was going to be a fan for life. Yeah. And um, yeah, very, very fortunate to have people that, uh, you know, my parents and, and people around me that really supported it. Yeah. Greg, what was your first trip to Indy? Uh, my first trip to Indianapolis was actually the same year that, that Brendan went. It was the, uh, the very first uh, United States Formula One Grand Prix there. And uh, I think I was uh, there each and every year with uh, a whole slew of Honda S2000 owners uh, up until the, the, the year of the debacle of the, uh, the, the Bridgestone and Michelin uh, wars there. And, uh, you know, I was just fine sitting, saving my money, sitting at home and watching that one on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So in 2000, uh, Formula One, w- what was the first w- when you first got the cars on the track? What was that like? Either one of you or both of you? You know, for, for me, it was actually bef- before I ever even showed up um, at the Speedway. Um, we were we were staying at this. We were renting. Uh, a townhouse from a, uh, a uh, an elementary school teacher um, who lived maybe four miles from from the speedway, and we heard uh, cars out for testing from there. Now, you know, I've been at houses, I've been places near race, you know, racetracks right. all around this country, but the fact that you could still hear the wailing of those V10 uh, at that time, I guess V10. Uh, uh, Formula One motors from that distance was yeah. just absolutely. I, I mean, I was enthralled already. I didn't have to come into the speedway, and as Brendan, you know, described, you walk in, you walk, th- or you come through the the gates underneath the grandstands at Indianapolis, and the first thing that that takes you is just the enormity of it. Yeah. And it was it was so so much different. I will tell you the when when I was went there for the first time for the uh for the SCCA national championship runoffs in 2017 because you didn't have all the fen- the vendors on mm-hmm. the uh, the midway there. You didn't have the 100,000 people in the stands. You didn't have um you know all the the bustle down in the in the garages. You had you know, a thousand SCCA racers and their families and their crew, but it doesn't begin to fill up that facility. Right. Right. <laughs> so, Brendan, when you, wh- what was the point where you went from being seven, eight year old fan with mom and dad in tow to participating for the first time? Yeah. I mean, it, it was Daytona Beach, right? It was the SCCA. Um, so, I, uh, I had been a sim racer since I was, you know, old enough to use a computer. Right. Um, competed online, you know, had had made some really good friends, which, you know, I'll, I'll mention later a little later on. Um, but it really kind of leaned into the the league racing side. This was before I racing. I mean, you're talking about some of the old NASCAR games, R sure. Factor, um, and really kind of got into it that way. But I met some people through um league racing that uh, had recommended, you know, hey, if you're going to be in, in Florida for college, I can put you in touch with some people that might help get you on track. Um, and I had no interest in driving, right? Uh, my talents are better used elsewhere <laughs> for the safety of all involved. Um, <laughs> but I, I uh, a, a guy named Louis Bell and uh, an old Formula V racer from up here in the Northeast named uh, Norm Borzon had uh, recommended um, that I get in touch with uh, a guy named Paul Bell, who is uh, a marshal down in Central Florida region, uh, or at least was at the time. And uh, the, it, there was, it wasn't like this um, out there thing, right? It, it, it was never portrayed to me as something that was going to be hard to get into, or I had to have some special credential, or I had to know somebody. Right. It was immediately, yeah, grab a pair of white pants and a, a long sleeve shirt and some sunscreen and, and meet us at the track. Yeah. So I did. I borrowed a friend's 
uh, car while I was in college, the second weekend in January, and uh, drove it from Daytona Beach down to Sebring and flagged the, um, I guess at the time it would have been a national event, the, sure. the Winter Nationals down at Sebring, the very first event that we'll you know be covering live um, for the Super Tour, right? Which is a nice little full circle, yeah, uh, moment. But then then that was it, right? Once you're that close to cars, I'll, I'll never forget it. I worked turn 17, 400 cars were entered for the weekend, and well, 17 wasn't exactly a hot spot for people to go hang out for a weekend because it's all concrete. You know, right. It's very, very hot down there. The false grid is behind you. Um, there's a lot of noise and a lot of commotion. Watching, as a pure racing fan, watching cars like a field of 60 Miatas sail off into turn 17, three wide, all the way down the back straightaway at Sebring, is enormously eye-opening in a way that even being a spectator at a place like Indy or you know a very intimate spectator at a place like Nazareth isn't. Right. There's not too many other places you get that type of experience. And then you get the opportunity to work the Rolex 24, the Sebring 12 hours, the pro races around, you know, up and down the East Coast. Never mind all the club races and meeting all the people that you do when you work club races um, was still is peak, you know, opportunity as a, as a racing fan. And so that was it. Right. Yeah. Once you're in and you understand the opportunity that's there, not just to be a part of racing and experience, you know, cars whizzing past you as quickly as they do and all that, the fun that that brings, um, you meet the people that are involved in the club, right. And all the wonderful personalities and, um, you know, all the, the laughs that are shared over the course of a weekend, there's, it was the best. Yeah. It still is the best, you know? So cool. that, that was it for me. Cool. Now at some point you started doing, some stuff as far as the broadcast side of things you went to embry riddle which I makes did. me think you have or or may were, were, were pursuing a, a, an aeronautical engineering degree of some sort right yeah so i for right now i'm an air traffic controller okay um, that's what i went to school for um well there's some parallels there <laughs> yeah a bit yeah uh, i just love to talk I, I love talking so much. Uh, and uh, so anyway, I, I, it was always easier to me growing up. And maybe this is too personal. I don't know. No, um, go, go. No, it was always easier for me growing up when you're trying to find your, your career or your pathway, especially when you're young. It, it was always, it seemed like it would be easier to make a living in aviation and have racing on the side as a hobby mm -hmm. than to do it the other way around. And as time has gone on, it actually <laughs> turns out that while making a living in motorsports is not the easiest thing, having a living in aviation does not leave a lot of time for motorsports on the side. Yeah. Especially doing shift work, having, you know, your weekends uh, pretty well occupied, um, limited time off. It's not been the easiest. And I missed motorsports and the camaraderie in the community desperately. Mm-hmm. And I, I have really missed it desperately over the last couple of years. COVID kind of gave a nice chance for me to reset and to go do some races while I was kind of in between air traffic control facilities at the time. Right. Um, so that was really, really good for me, right? You get a chance to go back to the track and really take stock of what's important and why it's important. And suddenly you realize like, hey, this is actually a really important thing for me. But that is all predated by what drivers I live was started as right and right. what it developed from um and that so tell us a little bit about that i can do that so drivers <laughs> i live was initially a company called endurance radio it was actually never really a company it was just a brand right um we i say we i started uh covering a well-known endurance race out in california um a very long endurance race you in can, california you can say it and we, we, we can was, talk about it we could talk about it. Okay, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So endurance radio used to cover the 25 hours of Thunder Hill. Right. Um, and I, I was 21 years old. I was in between jobs. I had finished up, you know, some temporary work after my, uh, my last semester of college. And my, my dad came to me and said, Hey, like while you're, you know, in between jobs, you're looking for your next thing. Is there anything you want to do? It's like, yeah, actually, <laughs> um, there's this race out in California. I'd, I'd like to go see or be a part of or whatever mm -hmm. I can do. Um, marshalling was not the easiest. It wasn't very easy to find your way in out there. Right. Um, That's a different so, podcast altogether. 
That is a very different podcast, which is why I didn't want to mention the thing in the first place. No, However, it's all good. now that we have, I, I was looking for a way to be involved in, in some right. way, right? I'm not just going to fly out to California and go stand in the cold for right. 25 hours and watch a race. Um, as much as I love doing that, I am very bad at being a spectator. I learned that about myself after I became a marshal. Like, right. there's, I'm terrible at spectating. So uh, I got in touch with... F- funny you know, say that. Before yeah. you go, my, my yeah, yeah. dad drove for years and got me involved in this sport. And mm-hmm. when he was no longer able to drive, he's been to a racetrack twice, to the best of my knowledge. Both times tagging along with me to the Rolex 24 when I was working as a journalist at, mm-hmm. the, at the Rolex 24. And he hated it so much that he spent most of the time back at the hotel while I was at the racetrack. And and I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, if you don't have if I don't have a function, um, I don't like being there. Yeah, you know, it's and, very hard. And when I decided that I you know was going to raise a family and and didn't want to spend the money or didn't have the money to spend on racing cars, driving, I got involved with continue, went back to flagging. And yeah. then started doing race announcing once I decided I didn't want to stand out on a corner anymore. So I know exactly where you're at with that. So continue. Go ahead. No, sure. So I was given the opportunity. I got in touch with the right person, said, hey, I'd like to come do this. I had done some sim racing commentary on the side. Um, you know, we usually our team would go out of an endurance race and I'd have six hours left with nothing to do. So, um, you know, we do some very, very basic um, video live streaming and audio, mm-hmm. you know, commentary to go with it. And realized, hey, you know, maybe there's a platform here to do a little bit more of this. Went out to Thunderhill, did 19 hours solo the first year, did all 25 solo the second year. Not a great way to cover a race. No, no. Very, very boring for the listener. <laughs> very, just so much talking. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was great. Yeah. And so we were, you know, I was invited back and uh, was able to start putting a team together. And this to me, is sort of the encapsulation of what Drivers Eye Live is now. Mm-hmm. So 2013, um, my uh, a former or a, a sim racing teammate at the time, um, also fairly well spoken, uh, big into graphics development, software development, uh, decided to take me up on the offer to come out to Thunder Hill and cover the race. And uh, a corner marshal I had met. Uh, down in, I think it was out at Mid-Ohio, actually, and who became a very good friend, uh, came out with me as well. So the three of us went out and did the 25. Um, no video coverage at the time, but we scrapped something together and, and covered it as a team of three. That team of three became a team of five, became a team of eight with social media, you know, uh, people to cover social media. Right. We covered the race in the booth, down in the pit lane, the paddock. All of those people were people I had met through motorsports one way or another, yeah. right? The the commentators were people that I, I used to sim race with. The people I spent eight or 12 hours, you know, on uh, TeamSpeak with doing a, a simulated endurance race were now the people that were coming out to California once a year to cover a race that people cared about. Yeah. You know, whether it was a big deal or not was kind of irrelevant. We had a great time and there were people that wanted to listen. Yeah. So we committed to it, you know? And so when eventually that kind of went away, uh, we were given the opportunity in other amateur endurance racing series, not just to provide commentary and coverage, but to develop a product and a platform. So the, you know, the, the audio only coverage became four cameras. Years later, the four cameras became eight cameras. Right. Eight cameras will become 12 cameras. And it w- it's just been this very gradual development of, okay, we can do this, not just that there's a market for this, but we are the type of people that can pull this together in a way that maybe either other people don't care to or don't have the expertise or the time to, or, you know, it's still amateur racing. Who who invests this much in amateur racing? Who invests this much time and energy into amateur racing? Right. Um, I like to think that, that Drivers Eye Live does. We're passionate about motorsports, and I think it's because I've had that experience coming up through the SCCA and realizing that it's not just about the names and the cars and the sexiness of it all. It's about when you're at the track, you're meeting people, people who really, really care about the same thing that you do. Right. And I get a little bit romantic about racing when I talk about it, but it's true. Yeah. That That is yeah. my motorsports experience as I lived it. And I 
built drivers i we built drivers i as a team to reflect all of our experience in motorsports right. and that's that's exactly where we've landed with this you know over the last couple of years and now moving into 2023 right with uh, the hoosier super tour all right so this is a good spot let's take a quick break um and here's the tease if if you're talking about sexy i think the SCCA probably should have picked a different announced team for this super tour <laughs> But uh, we'll get to that. The epitome of sexy, Brian. We will get to that (laughs) in just a second. We'll talk in Super Tour broadcast. We'll do that in a little bit more. Give you all the details next on Inside the SCCA. I'm Abby Shear, and when I'm on my way to an autocross, I listen to the Inside the SCCA podcast. Welcome back to Inside the SCCA. We're talking Super Tour and the new broadcast, live stream. I'm a TV guy. I still call it a broadcast. I don't know. My guest is Brendan Kazmarek from Driver's Eye Live. And then you know him. He's been with me here a lot. Greg Ginsburg. He already Not gave away. Larry McLeod, mind you, but uh, yes. I know. <laughs> he gave away why he's here, so he took the spoil, a lot of the Sorry. spoiler alert. All right, so the announcement came out. I'm looking at it here, dated November 14th. It came out on an SCCA press release. Multi-camera live coverage coming to 2023 Hoosier Super Tour. And uh, there are a bunch of us who uh, who bid on the contract, and you won it. And uh, I'm happy. I was, like, never more relieved <laughs> when I lost that contract because I know how hard it is to do what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I do a, a mini version of that out here for Cal Club. Greg does a mini version for the Mars series. And um, um, and I was like, you know, there are so many variables from track to track that are so hard to come up with a solution that works everywhere. Um, and I was going to do it, but, uh, I'm so glad it's your job. Um, <laughs> so <You know. laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but congratulations uh, Thank you. Yeah. on, uh, on getting chosen to, to do the, uh, the video for the super tour. And, uh, and I guess it's probably out there now. Um, Greg and I are going to be the lead announcers for the super tour. And uh, we're I'm I'm exceedingly excited about that. I mean, as am I. Greg's been like giddy with. I mean, I've get emails and texts and 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 it's yeah. Greg's Greg's very. Don't, don't worry, Brendan. You'll get yours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 you've been doing broadcast now for how many years for WRL? Oh, uh, let's see. First one was 2017. Okay. We just finished our second full season. Okay. Because of the pandemic. Three one-offs before that. Sorry. Got it. Got it. And I'm guessing had the pandemic not happened, your first full season would have been earlier? Actually, probably not. Really? Okay. Um, I think with the way things went over on the WRL side and and the way, you know, things develop over the years, they were waiting for the right opportunity to pull the trigger on this. And I know how that goes. uh, We also needed the opportunity to pull the trigger on it. Yeah. Um, as you know, we, we just talked about sure. things happen have to happen the right way at yep. the right time, and sure. and they did. So, and and we all kind of know the backstory. You know, if if you follow the SCCA on Facebook and all of the all of the different Facebook groups, it's been a very strong uh, bone of contention want from the membership to expand video coverage, and if I. If I had a dollar for every time I saw someone say, why can't we do what Grid Life does or why can't we do what WRL does or, or whatever, I'd be rich. And <laughs> I would have been able to put a $25,000 a day production truck at the racetrack and we could have done these live on ESPN. If I had a dollar for every one of the times I saw that. And then if I had $5 for every time I tried to explain to people why we couldn't do it as, as much as they would love us to the way they want us to, that was a whole nother con- anyway. But now um, we've got a plan, and uh, you've got a plan. I'm happy to be part of it. Um, tell us what we're going to see starting at Sebring. And before you start, I want people to understand that what we start with at Sebring will probably not be what we end up with in, at Road America. 
and going forward from there. So what are we going to see starting out in Sebring? So the word I, I use in a business sense is efficient, which, as we said, is not sexy, um, but it is appropriate, right? So this is this is amateur and this is amateur racing, right? This is amateur and club racing. We're going to do this ten times next year, and the task was to to put together something that people could engage with, and the SCCA as a community could build around. Right. So you guys as voices are going to anchor the whole thing. Right. You're going to be kind of the backbone of how people engage. And the cameras, the trackside cameras that we're going to put up are going to be um, a, a way for people to, to follow what's happening trackside to get a feel for what it's like to be there. Not just, you know, the single cameras that have been put up in the past, but for it to be a nice bridge between how you would follow a race on television or on a live stream over the Internet and what existed before so right. we're going to have 12 trackside cameras next year they should all be posted at every event right where we've been to enough of these venues now that we have a pretty good handle on on what cell reception is like mm -hmm. and what uh, the infrastructure there is like and so we're coming into this with a lot more knowledge than i think um you know people otherwise might and we can just kind of pull the trigger we get to the track we repeat our process and we're ready to go Friday afternoon, right? You're going to be able to see pre uh, this second qualifying session for the uh, three-day weekends, I think is the plan currently. Yep. And then all of the sessions on Saturday and Sunday for all of the weekends. Right. 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 So you're going to get to see cars going around very quickly during qualifying in a competitive format. And then, or sometimes not so quickly. I saw that smile, Greg. Um, <laughs> and then obviously, you know, they're, they're great racing on Saturday and Sunday. Right. And I'm not much of a hype guy. I tend to just That's take racing for what it is. Right, exactly. That's why we're doing video. You guys are doing audio. It's perfect, perfect match. Right. Um, but it, it, you're going to see what you would experience at the track and then some. Right. Right. So right. I think we're, we're super excited for it. The camera quality should be really, really nice. The production, we have a fantastic producer who is just, he's the best. He is so good at following action, so good at honing in on, on the things that matter. Um, and depending on how different grids shake out and what the uh, what the buy-in from the the individual event participants are, there's a good chance you'll see some onboards as well. Nice, which is maybe the most exciting part for for me anyway. Drivers Eye Live was built initially for onboard streaming, right? Uh, morphed into this trackside stuff. If we can get the the onboard streaming taken care of, and I'll certainly be there to represent, you know, getting that up and running for for the participants and the competitors super important part of of what we do and right. how we follow races and uh, excited to bring that to the uh hoosier super tour next year as well so so we manage expectations it, it's not going to be the level of broadcast of what you would see at the runoffs we're not we're not going to be doing that Correct. type of a show um and it may morph to that at some point down the road um but so, but it's going to be a heck of a lot more video, video uh, centric than what we've had in the past. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, the in an ideal world, if you have nothing to do on a Saturday or a Sunday, set your alarm for seven thirty, make your coffee, grab some breakfast, and settle in. Right, right. The way you would if you were going to go flag an event, or you're going to go hang out, or you're crewing for somebody, or whatever. Right, right? settle in and, and just enjoy it for what it is. Because with any luck, there's a great chance that maybe a couple hundred other people are going to do the same with you. Right. Right. They are right. people that care about the club as much as you do as a viewer, uh, people with varying levels of emotional investment, but ones that much like at the runoffs, you right. know, you watch the runoffs live streams. I watched probably 10 of them, 12 of them. And the best part about that, it wasn't just watching the racing, which, or the weather for that matter. Right. Um, but it was following along with the live chat. It was seeing names. I hadn't seen, you know, people I knew, but names I hadn't seen in probably 10 right. years since I right. last flagged an event. And you realize, like, these people have been around for now decades. Right. And right. are super passionate about it. And you are you have this community that supports the whole thing. Right. So not only are you going to get to watch the racing and follow it and be a part of it um, from afar, but also get to engage with your fellow club members and have a great time, you know, hopefully while doing it. I think that's what's so important is the fact that we are going to have those chats and, and that I'm going to 
work hard throughout the day to do some social media and let people know that, hey, if you're interested in Spec Miata, that's coming up at this time and tune in right now and and to get people to dip in on the on the classes they're interested in um, right. or on the drivers they're interested in. If they've got someone that was going to be at the racetrack um, and 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 the the appetite is so there, you know. The, the stuff that we did in our year of, of preparing for our Cal Club streams, um, I could see it. You know, people were showing up and they were engaging a little bit. And, and our stuff was pretty rudimentary and it got better over time. And, and I think Greg's had probably the same experience with his stuff at, at Mars too, yes. right? Yeah, uh, without a doubt. Uh, but uh, as the seasons go on and I have more people, you know, uh, without being asked, coming up to the booth to to want to sit in and, and lend their own uh, expertise to to races. And, and and this is actually one of the things, Brian, that I'm, I'm looking forward to. I mean, obviously, there's going to be that visual aspect, but the the broadcast is going to be so different uh you know the the past number of years have been very much a, a like a radio centric type broadcast right. where you follow the action around and around and around a race course um but i think there's going to be the opportunity um for a lot more as as we mentioned a lot more interaction from the people that are watching and following along um but to be able to dig in and get some of the stories right. uh from the paddock what some of the the drivers are experiencing the things that we're able to um, to go and uh, go and expose and and bring to to everybody during the runoffs and during a format like that that we just don't during the year at the Super Tour and and I think that's really a key because as you know although I took the the 2022 year off from the runoffs I had been as part of the broadcast team uh, for from 2017 through 2021 and there are a lot of drivers. Uh, across multiple classes that will start in Sebring in January and with maybe one or two exceptions, find their way all the way around along all 10 or maybe nine of the 10 sure. events. And, and you get to know them, you get to know what they have to go through uh, as they try to make this, this really compressed schedule 10 weeks over, you know, over five and a half months right. or so um, how they make it work. And, and essentially how all the other drivers that, you know, we know that this is not uh, for most of them, this is not their day job. They are not professional racers, you know, how, how they get through a season. And I think being able to, to expose our, our viewers to that right. is, is going to be paramount. Right. And so talking a little bit about the broadcast announced team. Um, and how we're going to do things. And so while Greg and I are going to be kind of the anchors of the team, and one of us will be at, I think, every single race, it'll be one of us at least, and it'll be Greg and I for most of them, uh, there are going to be some events where we all have commitments. My kid's graduating from high school in, in June, and I have been told that if I would like to stay living in this house, I'm going to be there for that. And Greg <laughs> has committed to uh, to doing the Mars series, so he's got a couple of races that he'll be able to have to step away and, and, and do that. So, um, and, and what we're doing is, and that's a great opportunity, by the way, for us to cultivate a bench of people to work with who are intimately involved with the club, some up-and-coming young racers who might could use a, a, a broadcast stint to add to their racing resume as, as I now have some experience doing this and I can take this to a team and say, I, you know, and they can listen to me talking about racing. And and uh, we already have a commitment from one racer to join us at Sebring uh, for a couple of races in the booth with us. And uh, and uh, she's amazing and, and the future of our club. And I look forward to, and I'm not going to say now, I'm going to let that be a deep tease um, uh, as to who that's going to be. And, and we're going to try to do stuff like that at every event. Find some folks who are going to be there locally, um, who might be able to step into the booth, for, even if it's just one race or a portion of a race. Um, and then we're also going to cultivate some folks who can sit in for a whole weekend when one of us can't be there. So um, so if if you might be interested, you know, certainly hit me up, braceannouncerbrian at gmail.com, and uh, we'll, we'll work all those schedules out. But uh, And I'm really excited about the storytelling aspect. And the one thing Greg and I talked about before we, we um, or after we, agreed to do this is that we were going to split up who was going to kind of cover each race. So 
Um, one of us is going to do play-by-play, and the other will do the color commentary. But we've split up the groups so that Greg can become the authority on half of the groups, and I can become uh, the authority on the other half of groups. And talk about that for a second and why that's important, Greg. Well, I, I think, and this is going back to what I was saying before, I, I think having um, a comfort level and having um, a, a camaraderie and a partnership, I think, with uh, the racers uh, in the different classes that make up the seven and sometimes eight different run groups and being able to 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 really go and focus on you know, half of a competition and, and getting to know those drivers and those stories, I think is going to be really paramount um, and give our viewers much more insight into what they're seeing on track. Uh, again, something that we hadn't been able to do in past years. And it's going to allow Brian to focus on if there are 400, uh, 400 entrants at Sebring, it's going to allow him to focus on 200 of those entrants. Right. And get 200 different stories. And I'll try and pick up like the, you know, like at least 150 of the other 200. Um, But I I think, I think in the end, um, the viewers are going to be much better served because, because, you know, again, whether it's Brian and I who have a lot of experience with, uh, the club and the events and the history. And we plan, as Brian mentioned, on bringing in um, when, when the two of us can't both be in, be at an event to bring in other racers who have that, that knowledge as well. I think that'll, that'll fill in. And again, give, give our viewers something that they've never had before on the super tour. Right. And so folks know, so if they want to help us with that and help us tell their stories, um, Greg's going to focus, he's going to be the color guy for the touring classes, the production classes, uh, the super touring classes, and Spec Miata. And the reason for that is you've driven, you know, yeah, production, right? You've, you've yeah. driven most of those. I, I uh, even went to driver's school in a Miata for one well, session. Well, there you go. So, there you uh, go. That's, uh, that's, uh, that, that qualifies me right there. <laughs> I, I'm going to be the color guy for, for Wings and Things, Formula Ford, Formula V. Uh, Spec Racer Ford and the Big Board Group, and I've got a little experience behind the wheel and a couple of those as well. So it's it's stuff that we haven't experienced a background in, and we can be you know somewhat authoritative from that standpoint. Um, so if you're in those groups and you're going to be coming to a Super Tour race and you have some story to tell, um, um, send it along. Everybody knows how to get a hold of us, and we'll put our information in the show notes so you can get yes. us. Um, so, so as much work as Brendan's been doing to get ready for the, the video side of this, you know, uh, Greg and I have been scheming and planning to, to try to bring the best story that we can. And I think, Brendan, when we look at the two components and we marry them together, I think it's going to be something people are going to be interested in, I hope. I, I certainly think so. I mean, yeah. our, our uh, returns have been very positive, you know, with the World Racing League stuff. Um, and it, there's clearly a market for people to be able to indulge themselves in not just the racing that they care about, but the communities that they care about. Right. Um, and having somebody other than ourselves talking about it is right. for sure an upgrade. Uh, we've got, like you said, we've got the video side covered, but we're marrying that with, you know, professionals such as yourselves and other uh, first person voices for lack of a better yep. way yeah. to put it, you know, yeah. people that are out there currently, right. Yeah. That maybe are coming up from having done a race in the morning and are going to come spend a session right. or two upstairs in the booth in the afternoon. You know, you don't get that too many other places. You don't have that opportunity in many other spaces. And uh, I, I think as a viewer and as, as a club, that's a great opportunity to just really immerse yourselves in everything that the club has to offer, whether right. it's the on-track activity, the off-track camaraderie, um, or the storytelling, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> That's always been a huge part of, you know, even during the flagging days, yeah. people sit around till yeah. 12, one o'clock in the morning telling the same story over and over and everybody loves it. And it's part of the deal. And I will also say it doesn't have to just be a driver that can come up. We sure. can have a, a, a sure. flagger come up to the booth and spend a little bit of time with us. A grid war. I mean, it, you know, if you've got a personality and a gift for gab, and and none, nobody 
in the club likes to tell stories or talk. So it's going to be so hard finding people to come and do this. Um, dripping sarcasm alert. Um, uh, yeah. So just you know, we'll, we'll be we'll be around on race weekends. We'll be at the you know worker lunches and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's that's the time to find us and talk to us and see what we can do. Um, and and I'm just really really excited. So. Um, what else do we need to know, Brendan? I think we've covered a lot of stuff. I think so. I think the one uh, oh, I know we the one planning element I'd like to share moving into this. There is a way to be involved, right? We've talked about the the announcing opportunities mm-hmm. and the ability to come talk about your race, share stories, help us commentate uh, on on what is going on on track or what maybe is going on behind the scenes. The onboard cameras I mentioned earlier, right? These are racer provided team provided cameras eventually potentially there is the opportunity to you know have have uh, some on loan right if you mm-hmm. are interested in sharing what your onboard perspective is like um certainly i know that's in the works but in the meantime there are some great onboard camera systems that can be purchased and installed that you can own and we can work together to get them incorporated into the broadcast right if you're going to be at sebring uh, we can uh work now to help get that set up. If you own a Sentinel uh, system from Candelaria Racing Products, or you own any of the uh, encoder pairings with the VBox system, which has a live HDMI out. If you have any of that, or you've streamed any of that in the past, by all means, get in touch with us. We'd love, love, love to have that incorporated by the time we get down to uh, Sebring. Right. So um, that's just kind of my first casting a net uh, to try and get as much community involvement as we can from that perspective, because it really does add a lot. Right. Um, so uh, Brendan at Drivers Eye Live is the email. Certainly, if, if you're interested or you have these systems, uh, definitely get in touch because uh, it's, it, it has the potential to be a really big part of what we right. do next now, year. Now, Brendan, you're going to be at uh, Homestead the week before as well doing doing some testing. So um, knowing how many uh, of our racers uh, do the double there, they go from Homestead uh, and then immediately drive up north to Sebring and do both. Um, can they catch up with you at Sebring to discuss those options as well or should they be waiting until sebring oh no no no! definitely come find me at homestead um look for the pudgy 30 year old guy with a blue polo and a mustache Uh, (laughs) i will be very (laughs) (laughs) a lot in a lot of ways yes it does Um, (laughs) so come find me um or send me an email and we can we can meet up at some point i will be there it is designed to be a testing weekend right and you know as I've spent my time in Florida. I put my time in years off purgatory, you know, yes. uh, it's been covered now, but it is a really good opportunity for us to get things right before we get to, yep. you know, the, the winter national, the first event of the super tour down at Sebring. Um, so I will be there. I, I am there to test our equipment and, and make sure everything looks the way it's supposed to. I'm also there to connect with people. And right? I'm also there to uh, re-engage with a club. I haven't been, you know, boots on the ground with in, in a decade, um, and, and to resume building what, what had already been, you know, begun a long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to make sure that when we get to Sebring, our first event looks like our fifth event or yeah. our sixth event and, cool. and all the kinks have been worked out. Come find me, come talk to me, say hi at the very least and best case scenario offer an onboard camera. Yeah. Love that. I'm going to create a, 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 email address for the broadcast team and I'll, it'll forward to both Greg and I. So instead of having to have a bunch of email addresses out there, it'll just be one people can, can use to get to both of us. Um, I'll put that in the show notes as well. And uh, cause we really, really want this to be interactive and we want to tell your stories and that's the way yeah. we can get that stuff in. Um, so if I'm at home wanting to watch a super tour race, how am I, where am I going to find this? So the plan right now is YouTube and Facebook. Uh, if you go to the SCCA uh, YouTube channel, or the, I, I think the plan is the SCCA Inc. Uh, Facebook page, just like it was for the runoffs, right? Right, is to uh, whenever, like I said, Q2 races on Saturday and Sunday for the yep. three-day events, and all day Saturday and Sunday for the two-day weekends. Um, check it out there. We'll have uh, the, the stream simulcast both sides. Uh, everything will be archived on YouTube as well. So when the streams are done and even while they're running, you can go back and find whatever class or run group right. you're looking for. You can certainly find them that night. If there's something you want to 
you know, find out how you guys covered it or how we covered it or, um, you know, what it looked like from trackside versus your onboard battle, by all means, it's, it's going to all be archived there in perpetuity. So, um, that'll, that'll be your spot. And, and I, I, I can't stress this enough. Um, share that link on your social medias with your friends and family. Um, you know, even after the race is over, it'll be there forever. So go back and, and, you know, find that cool part where you're on it and say, Hey, check me out at, you know, 12 minutes and 54 seconds here. Um, get people to these things because that's how, uh, that's how we will be able to expand this. The more people who watch, the more people, uh, the more the club will be able to invest and uh, pr- proof of performance. You know, when there is more, the more they view, the more we do is what I always like to say. That's right. So, um, yeah. yeah, share your passion. Yes. Right? That's what we're doing. Right. As, as Drivers Eye Lab as a company and you guys, obviously, as commentators as well. It's, I have no passion. These weekends are very, very long weekends. There's a lot of work involved in the preparation and getting everything exactly right. But it's all a work of passion. Right. Yep. We all love it. We all love motorsports in the club. Share it. Right. Get it out there. Get the, get the club out there and, and, and get people excited about what, what you're doing. Never yep. mind what we're doing. And uh, Brendan's going to give me a link to one of his previous productions. So if you're kind of curious what we're going to do and what it might look a little like, you know, it'll be different, but it'll give you a good idea. Be better. Uh, well, I, I, I would like to hope so. <laughs> we're we're going to keep moving it forward. Uh, but you'll be able to take a peek at that and um, um, just so you have an idea of the type of production that we're going to have. And uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Greg, anything else you want to add in here before we say goodbye? <laughs> Well, um, if I can put if I can put in just a, a quick little plug, Brian. Of course, you know we're we're going to be doing the super tour, and as you mentioned, there are some commitments that that some of us have. I know you're going to be uh, announcing Cal Club races this year. I'm going to be uh, working with with the other Brian. Don't let him hear. Don't let him hear me say it that way. He's actually at Daytona this weekend karting. Uh, Brian Donati and I will be uh, heading up the coverage for the Mid Atlantic Road Racing Series. Uh, this year for uh, for the second year, and uh, uh, we'll be doing the entire series, as far as I know, both at uh, at Summit Point Raceway, and I believe I, I don't want to get ahead of my skis, but I believe at New Jersey Motorsports Park as well. Uh, we're working on that right now, and we'll have to see about pit race. Um, but uh, definitely looking forward to um, a another one of those years, Brian, where um, I don't have a weekend to myself, <laughs> I love it. and it start and it starts in two weeks, and then I guess one. Uh, a week for Brendan, but uh, that's you know I I I I just want to again extend my my thanks to um, Dan Dennehy Rodriguez and Deanna Flanagan and Eric Prill and the folks at uh, at Sports Car Club of America that had faith in you faith in me to come and do this and uh, you know I'm just happy after you know after a year off. Um, that, that I don't have to worry about standing out on corners when it's 25 <laughs> degrees outside and there's a 50 to 50 mile per hour wind. And, and it's interesting, Brennan, cause you, you talked about, you know, being trackside over at, uh, uh, the sunset bend over at uh, Sebring, um, and just the feeling of the cars racing by, I spent five years on the super tour right outside of turn three, um, uh, track side. And, you know, and this is going to be a big change, I think for me, Brian, certainly, um, because I, I I'm so used to, to having my little 20 second spots track side, but to the, the big bore race in particular at Sebring during the super tour, when I'm standing outside of turn three and I have cars, 800 horsepower GT one cars coming up at me at turn three, I have them behind me at turn 12. I have them on the flying fortress straight off to my left. And it, usually takes me it usually took me about 25 minutes or so so that I wasn't shaking any longer because <laughs> I was you know it, it's it's one of those feelings but uh, uh you know certainly being at the booth and and with with the the views of the racetrack that Brendan's team is going to to provide for us I think we're going to we're really going to be able to step up uh, the commentary and and painting that picture for our listeners um that we couldn't do in years past Brendan, you get the the final parting shot. Is there any other info that we want to share before we head out? Oh no, uh, <laughs> no. I, I look. I I I hope that I've been able to convey just how excited I am. You know, I tend to wax lyrical. Like I said, I get pretty romantic about racing, um, and I, I want whatever the end end product ends up looking like. Whatever people's expectations are, 
we're doing this because we love it, right? We've put a lot of time and energy into this. You guys yourselves have put a lot of time and energy into, into this. And uh, this is a, a quality reflection of a quality product. The Hoosier Super Tour is pretty special um, in amateur racing. And I, I think that I, I'm confident that what you're going to see live 10 times next season is an accurate reflection of just what the Hoosier Super Tour is really, is really all about. Um, like I said, there are many ways to, to get involved and to do that. Certainly the onboard cameras are a great one. Come find us, come say hello, engage with us, share your stories and your backgrounds. We love it. I love it. You know, even on the, just the production and the technical management side, the, the club is about racing, right? You come, come for the cars and the racing, you stay for the people. Amen. So that that's where I'm coming at this from. That's where Drivers Eye Live as a unit is coming at this from. We're looking forward to to a great season and, and meeting everybody and reengaging with everybody. And uh, yeah, come come find me at Homestead and, and certainly again at Sebring. I don't think there's anything I can add to that. So I'm just going to say I can't wait. Um, plane tickets are booked, and uh, we're gonna. We're going to have a ton of fun, and I hope that uh, everyone has a fun time along with us as we do it. So, all right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Inside the SCCA. Oh, wait, you know what? Hold on. Stop the music. Stop the music. Stop the music. There is one more thing. Um, I'm committing on the podcast this year. First of all, we're going to be live starting, I think, next week. And uh, we're, we're going to be live. This time period is going to be Wednesdays at 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, and I'm going to commit to do a Super Tour preview show the week before each race and a post-race show the week after each race. So hopefully we'll have a driver interview and uh, after the race, somebody who, who won or had some something fun happen to them. Um, and we're going to do a portion of each of those episodes before and after every Super Tour um, as a preview and a post-show. So, um, so there was one more thing I wanted to add. Now I've said that, and we can go home now. <laughs> that is going to do it for another episode. Re-cue the music. Exactly. Here's the music again. That's going to do it for another episode of Inside the STCA. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the Racing Wire Podcast Network uh, so you won't miss an episode. It would also be great if you would leave some comments, especially good ones. If it's not a good one, put it on someone else's page. Follow us on social media to find out who our next guest is. Leave a question on Twitter. It's at RacingWireNet. There's a new Inside the SCCA every week. I am Brian Belansky. Have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe and go play with cars. I'm Dorsey Schrader, and when I'm on my way to embrace, I'll listen to the SCCA podcast, Inside the Short Bus. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA.